Welcome to Books and Beyond with your host, Alison. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl and she works in a library. No, my hide and my kia Welcome to Books and Beyond. This is your host, Alison, and I'm joined in the studio by Karen. Kia ora, Karen. Kia ora, Alison. Well, look, our topic for today is beach reads, uh, which are just perfect for a summer's day like today. And beach reads are those books that you look forward to all year long. They're the ones that you take with you on holiday. At last, yay, it's time to read. Now, they're often entertaining and yet not too taxing, just taxing enough to give your mind a bit of a workout between naps or swims. Yeah, well well introduced, Alison. I'm not sure about that. They're often entertaining. I think entertaining is probably the adjective that you hear the most. I'd say always entertaining um, for beach reading. But um, another one is light, isn't it? Yeah, I was I thinking think so. as you were listing yours, I was thinking. But I was also thinking that it's true today um, with this constantly being interrupted or seduced as you're sitting on the couch at home by social media, um, that possibly the beach towel or under the Pahutakawa mm. is the place to sit where you might actually be digging into a book that needs that sustained focus that you don't otherwise give it in your everyday life. Yeah. Of course, depending on who you go to the beach with, is how much sustained focus you're allowed under your Pahutakawa. Yes, that's true. Um, speaking of um, being interrupted or seduced. But, um, yeah, so... I, yes, <laughs> oh, well I, done. I know we Ten points for that. Now, how can we top that in the rest of the show? <laughs> but, look, I often attempt something that's quite hard to read when I'm on holiday. Um, I'd read The Bone people and the luminaries while I was on vacay um, well actually that was two holidays one per holiday glad to hear that because I'm not superwoman um, and both are award-winning New Zealand novels but both I found almost opaque they were really complex and quite hard to get into but totally worth the effort so this year my candidate in that not so easy to read category is Forest Dark by Nicole Krauss. Now Nicole Krauss, you might remember, she's one of the Nicoles that we've spoken of in previous episodes. Our power couple show. That's, she was the power couple. Yes, and married of course to um, Jonathan Safran Four, the the writer. Um, now Forest Dark is a, a mystery and much of it is set in the Tel Aviv Hilton, which is a, a luxury hotel. So would this mystery include some um, of the mystery of why their power couple, literary power couple marriage ended? Yes, well, I think it does because I think um, it po- is possibly semi-autobiographical because one of the characters is a, a writer, a celebrated New York writer who's having troubles in her marriage to another writer. Right. And so she goes to Tel Aviv Hilton, as you do, to find herself. So, And then um, mystery happens. Um, but I, I guess I chose the, the book as a holiday read a couple of reasons. Um, firstly, it's had good, re- very good reviews. But secondly, uh, because it's set in a hotel on the Mediterranean coast. 
and the cover art, I really love it. It shows a bright blue ocean with this cantilevered hotel sort of sitting above it almost mysteriously. Um, now, I have started reading the book, even though I'm not quite on holiday yet. Well, as being in Books and Beyond doesn't seem to you like a holiday yeah, every well, time. <laughs> yeah, well, this is such a such a joy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, it's quite an intense book. I wouldn't say it's an easy read at all. Um, while much of it talks about this holiday destination with masses of tourists, there's a really deeply unsettling undercurrent of the present day and historic troubles of the area and actually the entire tragedy of the of the Middle East. <clears throat> so there's um, a lot of contradiction in the story. Uh, how can people take a luxury holiday when there's such a terrible situation unfolding right outside their hotel? A so, disjunction, mm-hmm. isn't it? A, a contradiction and yes. a disjunction. The, the side by side stories yes. that don't match up. It's very uneasy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very, very well said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I. It's funny when you said about the candelivered hotel. Um, a, apart from a slight, quick vision in my mind of the Hilton Hotel that we have here in Auckland, out on the. Uh, oh, dock. yes, which looks like a, a cruise ship. Yeah, isn't it? in its yes. own way, yes. speaking something about Auckland. Yeah. But um, I, it's funny because I also have a book that I've picked for this summer reading for my first book I want to read this summer, which is also uh, has to do with cover art in that I really like to start my beach, my first beach trips with a book in my beach bag that has a really bright cover that looks really good with my preferred beach pareo. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think these are joys of reading that have to be expressed as well as the content of the books. And last year, I took Wayne Christenbaum's book of essays, this American critic, you don't know if you know, um, not, a, not a household name, definitely, but he wrote a wonderful book called My 1980s and Other Essays, which had a brilliant photograph of Debbie Harry at oh. her most seductive on the cover. And this summer, my chosen book is Flight by Olga Tokarczuk, who just really soon after I bought the book in an exotic locale, the Hong Kong Airport won the 2018 Nobel Prize in Literature. I was trying to remember if that was just after or just before, but I was pleased to see the book cover just mentioned the fact that she had um, won the Man Booker International Prize. Oh. So I, I'm right with my timing mm. there. So um, I've been digging in. I, this is one of my favorite ways to approach reading a book. You have the aperitif here and there in the book before you settle in for the main mm-hmm. meal. And it's wonderful. It's just up my alley. So very original. She's completely dropped that novelistic form, which has reigned, I guess, since Jane Austen, oh. uh, like the hummingbird on the cover. Did I tell you the cover? Had, no, I didn't. No. Yeah. So the cover is sitting here in front of me. Is a yellow, bright yellow cover with a dark hummingbird with a yellow breast or some kind of exotic bird with a long tail falling upside down down the cover of the book. And like this darting hummingbird, as I see it as a hummingbird. Um, so Olga Tokachuk darts here and there to different eras, different settings, different characters. We've got Chopin's sister carrying Chopin's heart back to Warsaw after his death. We have a Dutch anatomist dissecting his own leg. 
Mm. Mm, well, his own amputated oh, leg. Right. <laughs> Not currently on his person. And <laughs> all these stories woven together and then pinned here and there in the tapestry by meditations from the author. Yeah. Well, look, because I've, I've been meaning to read one of her books ever since I discovered that she'd written the book called Drive, um, Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead. Absolutely. You know, titles, another thing when yeah. we said there's many reasons to love a book. And I think titles are very... We could do a show on books with fantastic oh, titles. Yes. And we could match Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead with the book about the tractor, the Ukrainian oh, the, tractor. Oh, the history of... Tractors in Ukrainian. Yeah, because, and I think we could include when Alison gets the title wrong of a book. Because I was telling you this morning, isn't it called I'm Going to Drive My Tractor Over You? That's but very self confessional, Alison. Yes. I, I passed over that. But yes, <laughs> yes, you did. I'm going to drive my tractor over you. You weren't <laughs> going to mention that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, look, um, now, Chicklet is another category that I quite like to read when I'm on my beach towel. And the one I've chosen this time is called The Right Swipe by Alicia Rye. And um, this is uh, uh, said that it's a chicklet for the digital age. So, so we have to come up with something like digilet or something. Yes, it's going to be a genre, isn't it? But what I discovered when I was looking at the library catalogue, there's so many books with uh, the words swipe right in their titles. Mm, so who knew? Interesting. But I'm probably showing my age there. But um, anyway, I've had a brief look at this novel and um, I suspect that it might be just a little bit too much on the romantic side for my particular taste. But it's um, received pretty okay reviews, uh, despite this line on the back cover, which says, two rival dating app creators find themselves at odds in the boardroom, but in sync in the bedroom. Mm. Which made me groan. So anyway, it sounds pretty dreadful, but I'll let you know how I get on. You never know. I I might have be pleasantly surprised. Well, I actually it makes me think of that um, relationship. You know, the political. There've been a couple of these political uh, power couples where one supports one. I'm talking about American politics. Oh, so we yes. have right now the Kellyanne Conway uh, Trump supporter, Trump advisor. If you can't advise Trump yeah. and uh, her husband George. What's his name? Someone. Famous lawyer who's always um, mocking Trump in his tweets, and everybody says, "How do they do? They sink at home?" I think is the mm. question everybody asks. Um, and then there was another one in the period. Didn't they make a movie out of? There was one in Clinton's period, too. Oh, with Clinton versus yeah. Bush. I might be mixed up. I might be thinking of uh, that one where the writer is married to the man who brought down. Nixon. Was that, were oh. they on different sides of the? Oh, but the, oh no, I guess maybe they were only on different sides of their marriage. Yes. <laughs> they were on the same side politically, but then they were on different sides in their marriage. That it was, was made into a movie, wasn't classic. it? Classic, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so moving right along, I think, yeah, good laughs. So this book obviously has given us some good laughs already <laughs> just speaking about it. And I think a funny book is always a really good thing to take on a holiday, um, take to the beach, where you can quote the best lines to your friends and family until they all suddenly feel the same need to take a refreshing dip in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see you get that joke. Yeah. It tells you something about our relationship. My favorite humor at the beach is the waspish kind rather than the sassy kind, as it can happen that the sass will wear 
tourists welcome out. And then since you're at the beach, you don't have another choice at hand. Uh, but so the wasp is kind. So or actually maybe he's a bit more cutting there. I have had some good reads at the beach with Brett Easton Ellis. Oh, good. Uh, but another one that I'm really recommending for beach reading is the semi-autographical Patrick Melrose novels by Edward St. Aubin. So definitely waspishness here. And I think for quite a few authors, when they're writing about themselves, the waspishness comes across particularly well done, including these. The books are short enough to not be a big commitment, but if they do get their hooks into you, there are four or five of them in the series. And I'll just tell you their names. I actually made a note of them so I could Mm -hmm. tell you these because I think it sums it up without me having to describe the books at length. Never mind. Bad news, some hope, mother's milk, and at last. Oh, uh, yeah. Made into a movie as well with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, right. That's right. Yes. I remember that now. Well, look, I know the line that I'll be quoting to my friends and family at the beach, and that is, two rival dating app creators find themselves at odds in the boardroom, but in sync in the bedroom. Providing people with many good moments of imagination. Yeah, that's right. But look, seriously, um, I'll be taking Kismet by Luke Tretchett with me on holiday. Uh, And this one is about dating in the age of big data. And um, you might be wondering why I'm saying seriously, because it's a fun novel. It's um, part Bridget Jones, part Pride and Prejudice, but part 1984. So that's the serious part of it. And one of the main characters in this book is a dating app called Kismet, whose big brother aspects are quite sinister, actually, because it collects data about its users, as they all do, but it collects everything. So every website you've ever visited, every playlist you've ever made, every picture you liked, um, every item you've bought, and so on and so on. So it's, it's, there's a sinister aspect to the, the whole chiclet yeah. kind of thing. To the whole chiclet thing. Yes. Yeah, well, it is kind of, well, it's chiclet, but written by a man. Oh, so um, maybe we can come up with a new um, sinister chiclet we could have. Oh, a, yes. <laughs> but yes. that's interesting because I actually remember seeing a piece in The Guardian about this book uh, by, written by Luke Tredgett. It wasn't actually clear that it was written by him immediately because it started out mansplaining kismet. And I thought it was somebody uh, pointing out that he had done too much mansplaining in the book. It was actually written by him, so obviously showing a sense of humor, about the accusation that he was mansplaining by and Uh and did he have the right well I guess it's he's mansplaining why he thinks he has the right to write from a woman's point of view which I was quite surprised that ever since Faubert famously said I am Madame Bovary I thought that men didn't have to justify that anymore but apparently they do and um, and I have to say he quoted from his own book or no I think it wasn't a quote from the book I think it was just his point of view and he was saying that women I I did find myself a bit stiffened upon reading Mm. this that women you know even though women face this dramatic crossroads when they hit age whatever it was 30 or 40 anyway some some age um, one of those big birthdays that by comparison uh, time is not important for men and it's just negligible to them whatever age they are now Mm. seriously Mm. Luke Mm. I'm uncomfortable with that really but I guess I mean, at least he's thought he's given it some thought, um, and it, he is in a difficult position, perhaps, um, so, writing the point of view, definitely of a showing. Woman, but- 
Showing something. Yeah. yeah. Showing, showing, no, showing good intentions. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's the way, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, so stepping back from tricky books uh, about differences between the sexes, well, actually, it's interesting because it includes books, it includes information about the sexes. I was going to put forth the... Um, the splendors of taking a book, a divulger of wisdom book, a popular science book to the beach, even better if it's witty, because my choice for this beach period is the new Bill Bryson book, The Body, A Guide for Occupants. I personally would read any book by Bill Bryson, but I had a look just for you, Allison, Mm -hmm. and for our listeners at The Guardian's Review, uh, so I could put forth the benefits of this particular book, the the enchantment of this particular book, and I think it's enough to quote you the subtitle of the review, which was, Extraordinary Stories About the Heart, Lungs, Genitals, Plus Some Anger and Life Advice, All Delivered in the Inimitable Bryson Style. And then it also says, At a Breakneck Pace. Oh, which is another good attribute, I think, for a book to read at the beach that yes. goes along at breakneck pace. Especially one about the body. But and especially one with lots of factoids. Yes. So for conversations starting on the towels, it has, includes factoids such as a study of 60 people's belly buttons found 2,368 species of bacteria, 1,458 of them unknown to science. I heard your gasp. Oh, oh, I'm not sure. Gross. Richard, yes. would that, would our, let's ask our engineer, would that uh, gasp? have come through for our listeners? Richard nods. (laughs) So uh, if you laid, here's another factoid, if you laid all the DNA in your body end to end, it would stretch 10 billion miles beyond the orbit of Pluto. And Bill Bryson writes, there is enough of you to leave the solar system. You are, in the most literal sense, cosmic. Now, can't you just see yourself on your beach towel pondering that? Well, I'm still pondering the um, the bacteria, but um, I guess um, speaking of which, um, no beach read for me would be complete without a crime novel. Um, probably a good bit of DNA evidence in most crime novels these days. So showing I'm, her chemist background, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, I've just checked out a Wildfire by Anne Cleves. She's a fantastic Scottish crime writer, um, and this one is part of the series of books that are set in the remote, rugged, wild Shetland Islands in Scotland. Um, her, I love her crime novels. They're hugely character-driven and really multi-layered. You really get your teeth into them. Uh, and the books have been made into a very successful TV series. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of that series and I actually didn't notice until about the fourth or fifth show that I'd watched that the name Anne Cleves came up in the uh, in the credits and I said, oh, Anne Cleves, we have her book at the library. I'll have to check them out. Yeah, um, they, and this Shetland series has that great detective. Don't Jimmy you? Perez. Yes. Yeah, and where is he from? Um, Fair, Fair Fair Isle. Yes. Fair Isle, which is where they make those famous sweaters, the, the Fair Isle sweaters. Yes. Yeah, I learned so much about Shetland from watching Shetland. Yeah. It's an absolutely fantastic series. That's right. And um, I just love the Scottish crime writing. I think... Now, my theory is it's so good because of the landscape. You've got the those windswept remote islands and then you've got those gritty, grimy city streets. I think no wonder tartan noir is, is such a popular genre. But it could also be that Scots are just particularly good at writing mysteries. And I have to say, because Vera, so another oh, series yes. that I've watched from Anne Cleves is the Vera books. Now, that's not set in Scotland, is it? 
I think it might be in England. I think it's Northern yes, England. Northern, yeah. yeah. Brenda Blathen plays yes. there. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so this is kind of a non sequitur, but um, it, it ties in with I was going to make a joke about the gritty streets as compared to the windswept islands. But it was about setting in books because I think the uh, the last one book I'd like to put a plug in for, the last category, is the nature books or the love of outdoors books, books set in the outdoors. And the book that I've got this year laid aside for my summer reading is The Overstory by Richard Powers, which is, I can say, a beautifully written novel. I've read the first five chapters before I had to cede it to someone else who was missing a book but I've gotten it back now and the point of reference of this book is the life of trees more than the life of people there are people, there's families generations of family and their lives interweave and take dramatic turns but always followed by these parallel lives of trees and I love the idea of reading under a tree and under a putakawa and looking up at it and saying I've never felt as much as now how we share one-fourth of our genes. And then I think if I was you, I'd want to give the tree a hug. Oh, absolutely. In fact, interestingly, uh, the in the... Um, overstory, there is a scene apparently, I haven't gotten to it yet, where there are two eco-terrorists camping out in a redwood tree and there's a scene of them making love at the top of the redwood tree. Gosh, that sounds complicated. (laughs) Or or something (laughs) complex, doesn't it? Dangerous. Yes. (laughs) And in this category, I'd quickly also put Tim Winton, whose novels are often highly, are always highly readable and often featuring the ocean. Um, as a inveterate surfer. Yes. So if you're a Tim Winton fan, you know that about him. And I reserved his latest book, which is another Auckland Library's Top 100, The Shepherd's Hut, which is um, actually turned out not to be about the ocean at all, but set in the burning salt flats of Australia. But I think this could be a perfect read for a hot day on the beach. What do yeah. you think? Yes, I think so. And anything by Tim Winton is so good, isn't it? Yeah. Well, look, I like to read a famous person memoir when I'm on holiday and I've just checked out um, A Sharp Left Turn by Mike Chun. Now I heard Mike interviewed on the radio a couple of months ago talking about this book. It was a very, very moving interview. Um, He's such a great guy, Mike. Um, He's super talented, uh, musical genius. Now he, of course, of Split Ends fame, but he was heading towards being a absolutely world-famous music star when he started showing signs of a severe phobic disorder. And this memoir takes you through the the whole sex, drugs, rock and roll of being a young pop star. But also it talks about how he learned to live with this disabling mental illness of his and how he's continued to make such a massive contribution to the New Zealand music industry and to New Zealand youth through his Play It Strange Foundation. But, um, yeah, and it's got... Um, I've had a brief look at it. It's got wonderful photos, and but it's going to be a really good one. So this is just out? It's just out, yes. And actually, it's um, also part of the Auckland Library's Top 100. Oh, we're, we're giving so many... Uh, good ways here for, to fulfill that great summer read challenge reading yes. Auckland Library's top 100 um, yeah I famous person memoirs or bios are always one of my favorites and my favorite subjects are actually similarly to Mike Chan so in general rock stars and rock star writers or at any rate it's got to be a person with spirit with a capital S yeah. and this year I've requested 
Me, Elton John. Because that looks really good. Also it? an Auckland Library's Top 100. Janice, Her Life in Music by Holly George Warren. So it's looking for some new insights into this tomboy growing up in a conservative oil town in Texas in the 1950s and how she managed to turn her life and create this art of such beauty. I know some people find that a strange um, word to use possibly for Janis Joplin, but I'm I'm firmly got her in my heart as a creator of beauty. Yeah, and also as a creator of um, intense humanity, as intense uh, love and humanity is and funniness is Billy Connolly. So he's got Made in Scotland just come out recently. I think he's actually Mister Best Sense of Humor. And Patty Smith, who's coming out now, got Year of the Monkey, Miss. Best many things, but possibly not sense of humor. (laughs) But we still love her, don't we? And I've also requested the new Susan Sontag biography by Benjamin Moser, but I definitely do not see that as a beach read. Oh, Oh, well, who knows? You know, there may be a a reader out there for whom a a Susan Sontag bio is just their cup of tea or their can of L&P, in fact. Now, um... We've got a couple of minutes to go, so I was just going to also say that I do love short stories over the the um, holiday period. Um, and the, another one that I've just checked out of the library um, is called Better Never Than Late, and it's by the Nigerian author Chika Unikwe. Now, she's a, an award-winning writer. Uh, she now lives in the United States, but she's lived in Europe as well. And this um, group of, uh, or collection of short stories, it looks fabulous. Um, they're all, the stories are all interconnected and they follow um, a group of um, Nigerian expats who are living in Europe Um, and you know the stories uh, are going to talk about dashed hopes uh, twisted love the pain of homesickness uh, trying to find your way in a a new land so there's all sorts of pain but I do think there's humour and I think there's hope in it and I love the cover too as um, As the daughter of an airline pilot (laughs) so we've got a jet setting off across the sky across a blue sky yes the flight engineer's daughter always loves these sorts of things so that um, looks as though it's going to be really really great yeah I think short stories we should have thought of that right away at the beginning a great thing for the summertime for the beach and I actually really recently read uh, Deborah Eisenberg finally American quirky short story writer of the great book called Your Duck is My Duck and I can put in a plug for that and in general short stories if you've always been one of those people who think only grandmothers read them it's better late than never try it out yes no absolutely and you know I know it's uh, the Catherine Mansfield short stories um, spring to mind as well. So it's kind of um, a thick book to take to the beach, perhaps. Yeah, actually, that, that <laughs> is. But they're they're so wonderful, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. So um, where are we at with our? I think we've got a lot to take away, don't we? Well, I think that we've uh, put out some suggestions, but we want to make it clear that just wander your own library shelves and see what takes. It's always a good 
time to try out a totally new author, don't you think? Yeah. Summer. That's right. It's one of those things, like we say about libraries in general, you can try a new author, and if you don't like them, it doesn't matter because you didn't spend any money on it. Yes, <laughs> and the same just... thing when you're in your vacation time, you didn't use your hard, war- hard won, short amount of time at home. Uh, you know, try a new author, take that's, a gamble. That's right. It's that, that time just to explore. And, you know, there's so much serendipity in, in libraries, isn't there? Because you just never know what what you'll find and, and there's always the friend recommendation so that's another uh, Auckland Library's great summer read challenge isn't it read yes. a book a friend recommends that's right and um, I know already some of the customers have been reading a book that a library staff member recommends oh but, we do um, like to think that we would be considered friends actually yes. let's let's put our let's put out there if you take up any of these suggestions of the books or the categories that we've recommended that would definitely be read a book that a friend recommends yes and the friend just happened to be on the podcast so let us know if you do read one that that um, we've recommended today. i actually had an idea which was um that we could have put a challenge which was read a book that a friend of another generation recommends just to try something oh, a little yes. more far out yeah that's that's right and the generation could go either up way. or down yeah. yeah that's right especially for those of us who are in the middle <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the things that happens if you belong to a book club if you're lucky enough to belong to a book club that has people of all different ages not always true uh that you know sometimes people recommend a book you never would have picked up on your own yeah yeah mm. so it's great oh well look i think we've um come up with some good recommendations today and i can't wait to to get into my summer reading oh and also my summer reading uh, uh alice yes. <laughs> what's your name allison <laughs> because i recommended these so well you're going to definitely oh, want to try yes. mine as well yes i want to try yours yes <laughs> and you'll probably want to, to try mine mm, not sure about the dating one no, the being in that, sync one but yes. all the others yes but i'll let you know about that so look i hope you've enjoyed our our show today and we hope it's um given you some ideas for your holiday reads so um until next time um happy reading haere ra and kakite ano kakite ano brought to you by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9.35pm on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz slash books and beyond. Every day, every day, every day, every day, every day I write.